the Route 77 podcast and to our exploration of Philia from C.S. Lewis's The Four Loves. Join us as we dive into this essence of friendship according to one of literature's greatest minds. Today, we dissect what friendship means beyond the surface, guided by Lewis's timeless wisdom. Join us as we uncover the beauty and complexity of Philia, the love that binds us in deep, meaningful connection. Welcome to the Route 77 Podcast. I am Natasha, your host, and I am here with Monique. Hello. And David. Hello. So, we talked last week about storge, which was the affection, affectionate love. And this week, we will be talking about philia, which is the brotherly love or friendship love. When you're playing with your nieces and nephews and they're giggling, that's affectionate love. Who will find it's interesting. Philia or friendship is the second love that's described by Lewis in the book, The Four Loves. And he talks about is that it's the least organic love, I think is what he called it, because he said, or it's the least natural. Yeah. He says it is the least natural of loves, the least instinctive, organic, biological, gregarious, and necessary. It has least commerce with our nerves. There is nothing throaty about it, nothing that quickens the pulse or turns you red and pale. It is essentially between individuals. The moment two men are friends, they have in some degree drawn apart together from the herd. Without eros, none of us would have been begotten, and without affection, none of us would have been reared. But we can live and breed without friendship. So it's not something that is necessary or it's natural. If you look at it from a purely kind of animalistic or evolution um, perspective where there's it's not a type of love that would normally happen. Right. If without being pursued. And I think that's so interesting because we, we in this day and age, we've lost we've lost the art of friendship. Love this. I think it was in the 60s. It's one of the last books he wrote. 1960 was when he published this book. So if you think about the 60s or just coming from the 50s into the 60s, like what culture would have been like then, we would have said now that we're less, we've moved much farther away from even the people that they were. And yet from his perspective, this was an an art that was lost. That's interesting because when it comes to friendship, it's not common especially among men to use the word love to describe their friendships we hear about jonathan and david in the bible they were like soulmates they had and in case you didn't know jonathan was what 15 years older at least than david so it was a brother uncle kind of relationship it wasn't anything other than that but we don't hear about that this day and age Men don't connect like that. And women rarely connect like that, too. Some may say, yeah, she's my best friend and we do everything together. But for me, it's really hard for me to say, I love you, my friends. It's it well, feels awkward. It feels awkward. Society, that's because society switched the definitions around. They now correlate love with romantic love, right. sexual Gross. expectations Gross. than what we're reading. And because that even like our own selves as Christians, we know in our heads that this is a true love, a friendship love. 
and we see it in Jonathan David. And yet when we read the verse from 1 Samuel 18, verse 1, it says, after David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David and he loved him as himself. Even our own perspective, we have a hard time seeing that not as something sexual because we're, we've been so programmed to see those responses as that, right? And it's hard to take a step back. And, and say that's got nothing like, to do with anything like that. Yeah. So like one of the other things he talks about, he talks about this significant section, but I think it's good to read. But then came romanticism and tearful comedy and the return to nature and the exaltation of sentiment and in their train all the great wallow of emotion, which, though often criticized, has lasted ever since. Finally, the exaltation of instinct, the dark gods in the blood, whose hierophants may be incapable of male friendship. Under this new dispensation, all that had once commended this love now began to work against it. It had not tearful smiles and keepsakes and baby talk enough to please the sentimentalist. There was not blood and guts enough about it to attract the primitivist. It looked thin and teolated. What the heck word is that? <laughs> A sort of vegetarian substitute for the more organic loves. Other causes have contributed to those and they are now the majority who see life merely as a development and complication of animal life, all forms of behavior which cannot produce certificates of an animal origin or of the survival value are suspect. Friendships certificates are not very satisfactory. Again, that outlook which values the collective above the individual necessarily disparages friendship. It is a relation between men at their highest level of individuality. It withdraws men from collective togetherness as surely as solitude itself could do and more dangerously for it withdraws them by twos and threes some form of democratic sentiment are naturally hostile to it because it is selective and an affair of the few to say these are my friends implies those are not for all these reasons if a man believes as i do that the old estimate of friendship was the correct one we can he can hardly write a chapter on it except as a rehabilitation this, is, this imposes on me at the outset a very tiresome bit of demolition. It has actually become necessary in our, in our time to rebut the theory that every firm and serious friendship is really homosexuals. And he does say he talks more about men being friends with men because that's his experience. He says that he doesn't have experience of women being friends with women to right. understand how their minds work with it. Yeah. But we can see it. But we see it definitely in this day and age where it can be friendship between the same gender or even with the opposite gender. It's constantly misconstrued yeah. as must be sexual. Yeah. But even in opposite gender relationship, there are, tends to always be one person in that relationship that considers the other person and always, I've had that. I, I had, they were, you're just my friend. Then they start coming on to me and I'm like, what are you doing? You were my friend and now you're not. And he, he actually does talk about that near the end of the chapter. I don't have it specifically here, but he actually talks about how either in a opposite gendered relationship that there has a tendency for at least one person to misconstrue friendship as eros. Yeah. And, and other, or develops from friendship into eros for both of them right 
So there, there has a tendency towards one of those two things when it is oxygen, right? Friendship. It, it doesn't mean that for every single one, but there's a tendency to drift. Like one person misconstrues it and thinks there's something yeah, like eros about it. And or it becomes that because they connect over time. And it can happen even in same-sex relationships when one person has that tendency to be attracted toward. So friendship can be a very tricky road to walk on. If you don't have the boundaries in place. It's hard because if we haven't, as a society, understood that there is friendship relationships that are very strong in love, then if you don't even consider that as a possibility, then you're going to either go, wait, is this person coming on to me? Thinking that they're doing something and that really they're just being friends or you're responding to it or it becomes something that did honestly start as a friendship, but then became more. Yeah, changed. It's a funny road to walk on, isn't it? Yes. And because we've lost this. Well, and this is probably why so many people, rather than having those close friendships, seek to find the spouse friendship but a lot of times like in a relationship whether it's girlfriend boyfriend marriage whatever you're not going to be able to fulfill that person's hobbies and stuff like if you're if your husband loves to play loves to watch football and you can't stand the game are you going to choke through it just to be his and he actually talks about those specific things in this chapter funny because again we're talking about different like cultural times yeah but he actually talks about forcing your spouse to try to be your friend and bringing them into friend groups and situations where they have zero interest yep and he says there's nothing more foolish looking than uh, specifically talks about women trying because they react to a situation differently than men uh when they're unsure about it but there's nothing more foolish than a woman trying to feign interest in something she has absolutely no interest in men who are trying to be pushed by the women to become part of the women's group have a tendency to be more like passively like assertive about not becoming involved like there's a passiveness more about it so he just doesn't become involved and there's this idea that like i'm marrying my best friend and we're going to do everything together and we don't need any other friends and it's that's not healthy. <laughs> that's not that healthy. So if you I think mean, it's not to say that there's not going to be times when you're going to have interests that are aligned. aligned. Yeah. Like um, my late husband and I, we love to read. So there were times where we just sit and we would just read all day, drink tea and read all day. That was great. We would go for drives because we like going for drives. But there were definitely a lot of things that, yeah, I just know. And it's he points out, so Lewis points out that. The tendency is that you want to keep your spouse from having the same gendered friends, like men having men friends, women having women friends, because then they're taking away from your relationship by having time with the guys or having a girls night. Nothing and pleased me more than when he said, I'm going out with the guys. Bye. <laughs> How long are you going to be gone? Three days? Yes. I got the house to myself. Right. Maybe I'm just not made for marriage. <laughs> Maybe there's an uh, aspect when there's person's abusive too. That you're yeah, just happy just that be, they're gone. They're, you're happy that they're gone because then the stress is gone too. Yeah. Yeah. But if you actually understand that that's a different relationship, a friendship relationship that can be completely strong and full and loving, but it's different than the relationship that you'll have with your spouse, which yes. is the eros, which can include some of the friendship love as well. Yeah. Wouldn't it include everything? You would hope so. But I don't know if people, so other than saying the, the thing, world? there's people that have that, like, 
idea, even if they don't even think it through, they assume once you're dating seriously or you're married that you're exclusive to one another. But then will friendship thrive in that type of and it will if the friendship love of your relationship thrive if you're if that's the requirement. And if you're using the dating experience as a litmus test for what it's going to be like in your marriage, impress each other. And plus, there's a lot of hormones going on. Yeah. You're at arrows high. And then you get married and real life sets in. It's just not that way. You can't live in that high state forever because it's exhausting. (laughs) Yeah. And I find it interesting, too. He says that those who cannot conceive friendship as a substantive love but only as a disguise or an elaboration of eros, betray the fact that they have never had a friend. The rest of us know that though we can have erotic love and friendship for the same person, yet in some ways nothing is less like a friendship than a love affair. Lovers are always talking to one another about their love, friends hardly ever about their friendship. Lovers are normally face-to-face, absorbed in each other. Friends are side-by-side, absorbed in some common interest. Above all, arrows, while it lasts, is necessarily between two only. But two, far from being the necessary number for friendship, is not even the best. And he talks about, he goes on to give an example that's really interesting. That you actually need, and, and he's not saying you need like millions of friends. But you actually need a bigger friend group than one other person to fully appreciate each individual person. Because what I bring out in money. And what David brings out in Monique are two different things. And if David suddenly decided never to have anything to do with us again, because he would never do that. But (laughs) if he did, that's it. I've had nothing. He's he's decided to join a military and become like, and just have a vow of like silence. silence. Then what would happen is that I would lose that dynamic dynamic of what David brings out in in Monique. Lewis actually gives the example that the person died. I didn't want to put that on David. So I just said he joined a monastery. So that was a little (laughs) better than that. I've got that sort of thing because my best friend, Michelle, who I've known since I was 12 years old, we're still friends to this day, but she's now gotten married. So her life has taken on a different turn. When she met Dan, that was it. I didn't exist anymore. Well, she's also still on the arrow's hide. Yes. Because it's been coming and going with your mom and stuff like that. How long has she been married now? Like a year? Has it been a year already or is it going up to a year? Romantic love can last up to two years. So when she comes down off the high, then you might connect a little differently again. It's just that it can last up to two years. That's the science behind it. But I have other friends that I've Shauna that I've known since I was six. Her and I are still really good friends, but we don't talk as much. She's busy with her life. I'm busy with my life. And then I've got people that I know in church, but I work six days a week. So it's really <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> so then I think our relationship has become central now. Yeah. Because we live together for one. And then because of that community living, it's really, yeah. What about, okay, we'll go out and we'll do stuff. And, yeah. But I think if one of us, if something happened to one of us and we we're no longer here, there would be this huge gap. Yeah. And we're still not going to go around like kissing each other on the cheek and hugging like crazy. Yeah. There's, there's like a 21st century way of showing the love. <laughs> Usually it's lots of jibes and teasing and emojis. And laughing. And emojis and memes. <laughs> That's the new way of. But why? We talk about a lot of things. And we stay up really late. What did you ask, David? I'm just contemplating what what moment altered it in such a way that it flipped at its 
on its head. Why do we perceive things as this way now when others didn't then? Why would that change? How we show love? Yeah, okay. For example, how we would show love. Why would it change from, say, 1920 to... And I think it has a lot to do with worldview. Yeah. And the fact that... Yeah, but then why did the worldview change? That's what I'm contemplating. Why are these things changing? And And why... Look back and see the change. If they weren't right in the past, why didn't they change sooner? If if what we see now isn't right, then why did people didn't stop it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. There's a big philosophical discussion there. The main worldview, the non-Christian worldview, is that as a society, we're always on an upward path to becoming more and more civilized. So whatever we did in the past, we've learned from it and we've gotten better. We've progressed the progressive. So we progress to a higher standard, a higher whatever. But as like a Christian perspective, I think we see more of a cyclical. If you look in history, you see like the trends of things becoming acceptable and then stuff happens. God punishes nations and there's a revival of sorts and people come to God and we come very back around this cycle and we see it through history of the Bible, we see it through Israel, we see it through the New Testament, we see it through church history. We just see it through society. And yet we don't know, we can see it in the past and yet are helpless to see it in our own current situation. Yeah. Because we are, we are seeing it now because now it like in the past, hundreds of years when everything was permissible, you could do whatever you wanted, act however you wanted, be whatever you wanted. But you saw that kind of what they call free living eventually caused the collapse of that society. And we are heading in the same direction because now we're having the same kind of thing where this is right, that's right, everything is right, you can have this, that, and the other person whenever you want. But we are seeing that society is starting to collapse again. And it's just a matter of time before it happens. Then we're all going to have to reevaluate what our thoughts and morals are. Right now, society outside of Christianity does not believe in morals because... Everything is self-truth. Yeah, everything is self-truth. Everything. They believe in subjective morals. And I think we see this, how it's really affected friendship by the whole friends with benefits idea. Because we've created this class of friendship that is indistinguishable from the Eros, in a sense, where even though it's in theory, the Eros part is not supposed to be in it, it still is. Yeah. And... We've made it where it's impossible to have that super serious, close friendship without that part of it. That's the next step of friendship. Yeah. You like your friends and then you're friends with benefits. Yeah. You're, you're my friend to help me with my itch. Yeah. And it's just, but it's, <laughs> that's the next level of friendship. Yeah. That's the expected stepping stone for um, what yeah. friendship is. And it's very disturbing. That's the expectation. Yeah. So a lot of, girls and guys avoid getting too close in a relationship so, so you could have multiple acquaintances yeah but if you were to really ask do you have anybody who is like close friend that you would confide in when you're having struggles or a difficult time do we really have that do you have a friend like that david sorry i missed mm-hmm. the last part what one a, a friend that you would consider to be close so close a friendship that you could share your deepest, darkest thoughts and not 
worry about their thoughts or judgments. I'm talking about a, like another, a guy friend. Yeah, and he doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. What ends up? What, what ends up? What ends up happening more often than not is if we confide, then it becomes an inside joke. But there are things that depend on how deep it is. If it's a serious thing related to friends or family, then it's respected. We either don't talk about it at all, or we just understand and let the person be. More often than not, there doesn't need to be words spoken. We can tell, depending on on the mood, how they respond. We don't take anything personally. If they respond to us in a rude kind of way, then we reflect on what has happened in the past or what they revealed to us. We don't hold anything personal or grudges. We're like, okay, he's in this kind of mood, probably doesn't want to be talked to right now, so we'll leave him alone. But depending on how deep it is, we get mocked or made fun of, or they make it worse just because. What I've observed is the closer you are to a friend, the more they're going to make it worse. Well, guys. And this is this is why you should all have friends, Courtney and David. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, you see, like, but yeah, it's different. young, young, like grade school kids. They they make friends. They do friends really well. Mm-hmm. This is probably why Jesus says, "Be like little children." Yeah, because they don't care. They don't care who you are, where you come from, how much money you make. They don't care about that kind of thing. They just want to know: Are are you willing to be my friend and let's play together? Let's build blocks. Let's yeah. play whatever and. We he says that he's basically you become friends the moment you go. Oh, you like that too? I thought I was the only one. And then you're friends. Yes. And there's and he talks about how people to meet. But if you weren't in that place and time and said those words or whatever, there's a, a lot of coincidences that happen in order for people to really become good friends. Yeah. And as a Christian, we call we, them God instances. God instances or, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like where God was obviously moving things so that we yeah. came together. But yeah, if you look at it, like there's a reason why you do other things. You put yourself in a place, you do this, you do that. You were born into it, whatever. But with friendship, it's it just happens. Like almost randomly, you'll say it was random how we became friends. Yep. And how many people say that it was so random? And then we'll say some random thing that happened that became like that. Why you become friends? and. If any, but really, you know, was it random? Yeah. Like with us, it was random. Yeah, it was totally random. Had I not gone to that Taekwondo studio, we would have never met. I really wanted to go, so. Yeah, and then with Even Korea though, happening, it's just realizing that we actually got along and just happened. by that. Even when we're just in Taekwondo, we, we were, were just in casual. It was just casual. And, that, and then even with David, yeah, it was casual. We we're just like, hey, hey, we see each other a couple times a week, and that was it. But then... That Korea trip really just clinched it for the yeah. the family feeling of friendship. I like guess the higher level of friendship that's not with benefits. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> no, thank you. We're oh, just yes. friends. No benefits in class. It always yeah. sounds really horrible because you're like, it's friends, but with no benefits. You're like, but why are you friends with that person if there's absolutely no benefit to being their friend? And you're like, it's not like that. Not a benefit. <laughs> there's no benefits, but there's a benefit, but no benefits. That sounds like dog food, isn't that? So I actually had chat gpt come up with a quick analysis of we friendship di- over we, we die greg we die greg yes i think it was a really funny game shout out to shout out to greg mr greg, to mr. greg is TikTok and Gregism. Yeah. here's a brief history of the term or the, the idea of friendship 
In classical antiquity, in ancient Greece, the word for friend, philos, had a broad meaning, encompassing love and affection in various contexts. Similarly, the Latin amicus signified more than just a casual friendship, often implying a bond with social and political ramifications. Medieval times, the concept of friendship was heavily influenced by Christian thought, particularly the writings of philosophers like Augustine, who emphasized spiritual and moral dimensions of friendship. The Old English, friend, friend, was used in literature and religious texts, signifying a bond of mutual affection and loyalty, which doesn't even sound like the full friend, like philo, that we're talking about. Renaissance and Enlightenment friendship continued to be a topic of philosophical inquiry with thinkers like Montaigne. uh, Discussing its ethical and personal significance, the term began to denote a more personal, individualized relationship reflecting broader societal shifts towards individualism. 18th and 19th centuries, the Romantic movement further elevated the emotional aspects of friendship, celebrating the ideal of deep platonic bonds. Literature from the period is rich with depictions of friendship as noble, elevating relationships. So it sounds like it was really thriving in the 18th and 19th centuries. Then in the mid-20th century, as societies became more mobile and fragmented, the nature of friendship began to reflect more diverse social realities, including cross-cultural and intergenerational friendships, the term expanded to include wider ranges of affiliations. So it's becoming more types of French or like becoming watering it down. Late 20th century, the advent of the internet and digital communication began to transform the concept of friendship, introducing terms like online friends and expanding the notion of community and connection beyond physical presence. In the 21st century, social media platforms have further broadened the definition of friend, often blurring the lines between acquaintances, followers, and true friends. The term now encompasses a spectrum of relationships from intimate, lifelong bonds to more casual digital connections. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. Like, we've really cheapened the word friend. Yes. yes. It's become like a penny. Not a Canadian penny because those are rare. Uh, Non-existent. Okay. How about nickels? There we go. It's like nickels. <laughs> you come upon one on the street. It's not a big thing. deal. Because our friends are a dime a dozen. How many friends do you have on Facebook? How many followers? How many on Instagram? And you'll be like, yeah, they're my friend on Instagram. Or they're my friend on Twitter. Chuck. Do the kids even do Facebook? I think it's an old people thing. It's an old uh, thing. Though. Facebook? Like, who has Facebook? Like, come on. TikTok. Um, <laughs> so Facebook's like way old. Uh, I was before Facebook. Don't even with me. Okay. There <laughs> you go. My mom's email address is still msn.com. My very first email address was go.com. I keep coming across those. It was like me.com. There was a me.com? I'm on a me.com. <laughs> but yeah, so like the, the word, the term friend has been so yeah. cheapened that to call someone a friend, it's like you have to qualify all the time. It's like my best friend or like we're such good friends. We're like sisters. Like you have to qualify it in such a way that like is it an acquaintance. Is it someone you've never met but just happened to be on? Like so I'll actually say it's an online friend or a friend from a game. Yeah. And now we're friends on Facebook. So that relationship went from just a game to Facebook. So I actually have more interaction in her life than I did before. A couple of ladies from a, a game I used to play where I've actually had conversations with them and things like that. And yet, that's a different friendship than what we have. I have one girl on my Facebook page. She actually lives close by in Parker Willow. And we met on a game, one of those really old, like, this is a computer game where you're building castles and you have fights and stuff like that. You storm the castle kind of thing. Fight years. Must have been like 2006. Ancient. Ancient. I know. You know what the graphics were like? (laughs) But she is still on my Facebook page and we still interact every now and then. 
I have another friend that I met through when Beauty and the Beast was airing. I've got a couple of them still, one in Holland and this one who lives in across the border, Washington. And when she was living in Seattle, I'd gone to visit her a couple of times. We went to, she actually won me a ticket to go see Shiny, which was so cool. But now she moved to Sequium. And Sequium, even though it's closer to the Canadian border, it's actually a farther drive to get to, because now i got to take a ferry. So that's going to require a little bit more. But it's interesting how we've taken these online friends through a shared interest. And then it became more because of that shared interest. Yeah. It wasn't just like some random person you're like, I'm going to be friends with you and just pick like and just random person and became friends with them. Yeah. There was a shared interest that started it. And then it can develop into something yeah. that's much bigger. And so, we have this ability to do this now because you could do this. You could do that down across the border, but you could be across the world. And eventually there are people who actually go and meet. And Yes, I think I met yeah. through that fan group of Beauty and the Beast, there was a group that I met in Calgary. And then when I went to Holland, there was a bunch that I met there as well. We all went to Belgium, had lunch and walked around. So you can, and, and a couple of them I am still in contact with, but it's amazing how social media has connected people from around the world. We call them our online friends. friends yeah, And they can develop into something bigger, but we've lost the real meaning of the word i think mm -hmm. in the 18th 19th century it was really celebrated yeah the fact that you have friendship try to find a movie now or tv series that's why i always push psych because i love the fact that they were two best friends they were just really awesome friends and it just makes me laugh like every time i watch it and it's lighthearted. but one other show it's always romance related yeah Romantic or comedy. eventually it becomes it's just they're now they're two people the that we're friends <laughs> and now they're more than friends because that's what has to happen that's the next that's if, the next especially, step. especially if they're opposite gendered yeah they're like that's the next step in a relationship friends to arrow yeah. yeah. you're like not all things have to do that nope. and yeah i think nowadays you could even come across characters that is just pure friendship when we watched doctor who with david Tennant, that was the draw for the donna character was that she didn't have romantic feelings for him as opposed to the other companions and what about amy yeah and amy did originally but now it's there's a really good because you, you see the conflict she loves her guy husband but she's also yeah but then it's changed because she realized she loved her husband so much or that the time fiance and but i think the doctor he looks at her and i was like what are your feelings really? <laughs> Step away. So it's, it's hard to find those characters now it is. to see the really good friendships. Yeah. Stargate had that. And that's one thing I loved about Stargate. There was like 10% was like interpersonal relationships and the 90% was the fun stuff in the show. Yeah. Now we flipped that. So it's so heavy into interpersonal relationships. You're like, I don't even want my drama. Why do I want yours? Like yeah. I came in here to see you kick bad guys' butts. That's pretty and much that, why I came I, in. And all I'm watching is you trying to make a... To touch each other's butts. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Yeah. Let me find my place again. Now, that was the digital, but now we're into the Christian content. Yeah. yeah. So we talked about David and Jonathan. There's also Ruth and Naomi. Even though they were mother-in-law and daughter-in-law, it was still that same dynamic where she didn't care to run off to go and get married she wanted to stay with her mother-in-law regardless of whether she ever got married again or not yeah she loved her mother 
and lot. But we could also see it more of the Storge love there too, because it was mm-hmm. mother daughter. She didn't have her own mother anymore, and it's hard to say. But I think that David and Jonathan one is like really the the. But even Jesus and his disciples—that's the one that a lot of people go, "Oh, Jesus was gay because he kissed his disciples. He had favorite ones, and he loved his one the most, or whatever." And you're like, "Oh my word, <laughs> really?" Yeah. It was, yeah, <laughs> frustrating because. Yes, he was cultural human, God, so. and that was not part of yeah. yeah no. And there's cultural ways of showing love and friendship then yeah. that versus now, or even and the Middle Eastern culture versus North American culture yeah, is very they, different. They, I think I think their way of showing friendship is definitely different than us in the West. And, and I hear that frequently because of the cultures and the way they are. Yeah, that we like do aversions to the yeah. It's whether if I'm watching my Korean or Chinese dramas, I will see like girls that they'll hug and kiss, kiss each other. That's, yeah. That's all that is. Like they'll hold each other's arms walking down the street. Down the, yeah. Like it'll be in, in a way not normal. It's not in a gay manner. No. But and you know that when you're watching the episode. But if you do that in a North American one, it means something different. Yeah. Usually. And then it feels awkward and weird. And we've lost that. We've lost that ability to show. And for people who show love in a physical manner, that's detrimental to them. And love doesn't have to be eros. You can show your love in different ways. Yep, absolutely. Well, yeah, we're friends, but we've got this line in the sand. Okay. And that only works when we're not upset. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a lot of what C.S. Lewis is talking about with friendship love. Just how it's like a lost art. One of the things he talked about is that we have a hard time understanding it because we don't see it exemplified in the Bible as much because we see Storge love as God is our father and we see Eros love as in Jesus is the bridegroom of the church, but they're symbols Uh of something. And C.S. Lewis talks about the fact that friendship, it's hard to make it symbolic because what it will look too much like the real thing. If you tried to make God friend, then you would see God as friend and not the representations. Yeah. Like God as lover, you see it as a representation. It's God as a father, you see it as a representation. Like God as friend, it's not like the same representation. representation. You see it as the actual thing and not the, a representative. representative like, like those people say, yeah, he's my buddy. He's my buddy. And I'm just like, wow, I couldn't. Uh, no, and it doesn't mean he doesn't love me There's or that a relationship, I don't have, yeah. but it's just not the state. No, I have that. It to to me to call him like my buddy, like I I'll call him my friend, uh, but it's a different it's different. It's, it's more like your his there, reverence it, is still yeah, here. If I was in Korea, I'd be using definitely the all the yo on the end, all the courtesy. Yep, the courtesy words. The courtesy words. They would yep. definitely not be like they're the same level as me. Friendship yep. words. Like, yeah. I would not be saying, Anyon to God. I'd be like, Anyozio, Anyoshika. Like, <laughs> saying it with like the full reverent, reverent kind of way and respect. Yeah. Because that's what you do. So it would never be the same level, right? Ever. Right. Yeah. Because to call him your friend as a cult to buddy, you can tell the different connotation just in the sound of it. So it's the same kind of thing because he is our, he is the friend of our soul. He is the lover of our soul. He gave himself up for us like it says here um no greater love has won than to lay down his life for his friends right yeah so like yeah he did that i but he still probably have a harder time oh i'm sorry no i I, I don't know it would just be i don't know it's 
<laughs> it'd be it'd be like if Grandmaster Chang were, hey, high five, and it would just be like, whoa, that's oh, wrong. You just can't do that. I'm <laughs> sorry. No. I'm sorry. That's you'd be like, you'd be like bowing. That's what you do. You like, yeah, okay. Because it is just yeah. So I, I was like trying to even him. even with Master Jose, I have a hard there's like a in the dojang and then outside is slightly better, but there's always that that he's. I can't just say Jose. No. If I'm, I'm conflicted it. though, because so he what? also wants a personal relationship. What you're describing, there isn't like a personal relationship that you would expect to have with what the Bible, as with the people, as the relationship you're describing. It's like yeah. a mentor. He's like a mentor. But at the same time, you expresses how he wants to have a personal relationship like you would do oh. with a friend. And with his disciples. Yeah. So I have... the best way I could describe that is the relationship between you and I, Natasha. Yeah. We are friends, but also you're my teacher at Taekwondo. And so it's like there's this power dynamic is a little different. Mm-hmm. And in a sense. Yeah. It's hard to really describe it because you're totally right, David. Like God wants this personal relationship. He would be the one like the footprints in the sand. You know, there's carrying you. There was one said a footprints is because I was carrying you. Jesus would be the first one to come and cover you with his body to hug you in your grief. Protection. And do all the things that a true friend would do. And yeah. yet to, to call him my buddy. buddy it, direct. It, if that's, it, thing, it, if it's it not makes, even a real wording phrase, but that's how it feels. It makes my skin feel weird. It, it just doesn't feel right. And it doesn't mean that I love him less or that I think he loves me less. Or that he's so far above me that we can't possibly have a relationship that's personal. No, but it's still that understanding that he is a holy God. And it's still... God understood that. Yeah. 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 And that, that, and it's, I think it's... was Jesus. Yeah. So then now we don't feel so distant at the same... No. There's the song, I Can Only Imagine, by Mercy Me. He talks about, when I stand in your presence... What will I feel? And when you try to imagine, which you can't, we can only imagine. We feel, but but it's like they imagine it like to do anything, but fall on on your face. And it's like, it doesn't seem possible. I can't envision myself not having tears pouring out of my eyes, my face planted on the ground. And feel not worthy of. And I have also at times when I've been really badly hurting, all I could do is imagine myself in his embrace being hugged by jesus yeah and that's what i think when they talk about aslan in that line which more job and they're like is it scary to go see aslan they're like hey if a man doesn't go up and fall down or has his knees knocking he's either like braver than most or just plain stupid and they says but he is good yeah and like even if you watch like this and like the old bbc version or the newer versions i guess or listen to it or read the book like you always have that feel for aslan that he like loves you within your soul like they say i managed to do that with this little like animatronic puppet thing in the 80s you actually felt that with watching him and yet aslan it's like you are his friend but not it's this weird dynamic but it's amazing yeah there's it's really hard to describe it is too Try not to do too much more describing. It's so out of the <laughs> because people are saying they're going. I have no idea good. what. No, it's good. Really, it's great. So just remember that. Uh, well, yeah. So that just brings us to the end of our podcast on friendship, love, and that 
really good to talk about these different things to understand because we often say love and yep. general term and we don't often nuance it. Yep. And C.S. Lewis does an amazing job really nuancing it because I think he was, what does this mean? And then really went to town and trying to figure out what it meant. And so if you're in that situation where you find yourself, you don't have a spouse, you don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend, and you're wanting to find friends, there are online groups called like Meetup. That's where a group of people get together and do like-minded things. So if you like hiking, there's hiking groups. If you like tennis, there's tennis groups. If you like basketball, there's basketball groups. If you like film, filming, there's, filming. Like, there's anything you can think of. People. Whatever, whatever your interests are, there are groups of people that like to get together. Like maybe you want to be in a reading group where you all read the, a book and then discuss the book. There are groups like that too. So don't sit there. There are places where you can find friends and you never know who you might meet. Had I not walked into the Taekwondo studio, we would never have met, would never been in this situation where we were able to be able to do podcasting, where we could go and travel. It's just companionship. It's just crazy what can happen. Yeah. So definitely recommend friendship. Yeah. Love. Friendship, love. Not just like online friends. Yeah. People that you can count on your little Facebook number. Yeah. And a lot of times we'll go out for dinner and we'll be sitting there and we'll be just scrolling through our phones before dinner arrives but once dinner arrives we put our phones down and then we're interacting and And usually when we're on our phones we're like sharing memes and stuff with each other anyway oh look at this one look at this one oh yeah i saw that one (laughs) half the time you have because for some reason we're on the same stupid we're on the same thing we're the same wavelength everything it's just And, you, and those are the best kind of friends is when you have a friend who's on the same wavelength as you and you can share the same kind of stupid. We have new housemates, two girls from India. They are lovely girls. Awesome girls. They are so fun. And they met in the same way. They totally different places, but they came, they met in Ontario working for the same daycare center and became friends. And now they've moved here to Abbotsford to branch out and to do things here. They're just friends. Just friends. And just is quotation. Just. Yes. And just is it just quotation air quotes? Just air quotes. Just friends. But not well, like I in think a, those are rabbit ears. Rabbit ears? Rabbit ears? Just because. That's, they're <laughs> just the rabbits on either side of your sentence? <laughs> so they are rabbits on the other side of my sentence. Okay. Little bunny food. Now I will never forget that. <laughs> that will be forever. They will forever be rabbit ears. And people will be wondering what I'm talking about. Rabbit ears. Just because I'm weird. <laughs> and we're all the same kind of weird. Yep. And this is how you have fun in, re- in friendships. Yep. If you have friends, let us know. Any kind of friends. Just let us know. Are we your friends? Just let us know. Are we your friends? Just, I we just want to know if anyone's listening. Are you going to be our friends? I don't know. I know. I'm so desperate. Uh, are we? Uh, celebrate your friends. Yeah. Celebrate them. Go find them. Hug them. Give them a kiss on big cheek. Each of the cheeks because it will... Shock the daylights out of them. That's how the Dutch greet. Sure. You kiss one, you kiss the other cheek, and that's how you greet. Just go kissing your bright cheeks. And, and and you can just do an air kiss. You don't even have to. Nah, you nah. don't even they have look to posh look. if you just don't even have nah. a contact. Nah. David's nah. just nah. standing nah. away from the computer right now because he doesn't want any air kisses. <laughs> do not send me any air kisses. <laughs> it sounds like I'm calling the dog. This is why we do the podcasts online. As our journey through C.S. Lewis's exploration of friendship concludes, we're reminded of the enduring power of philia. Lewis shows us 
that true friendship is a treasure, enriching our lives in ways nothing else can. Let's cherish our friendships, those deep bonds that sustain and uplift us. Share your reflections on Philia with us. And until next time, nurture those friendships and remember to live your single life to its fullest.